0: Hi there, I'm Ben Pierce, and welcome to the Elevated You podcast, the podcast all about helping you in the tech world develop your professional skills. Each episode we share the top tips, failures and lived experiences of people thriving in the same world as you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's get going. Hey everyone and welcome to the Elevated You podcast. We're talking about innovation and founding tech startups today. And our guest today is the CEO of X-Ray. Their solution turns speech into subtitles in real time. But that's not his first startup. I first met him when he'd founded another company creating Azure solutions years ago. He's got such a wealth of experience that it's great to talk to and learn from him. So please, welcome to the podcast, Dan Scarf. Thank
1: you. Thank you. You're too kind. Thank you for having me on.
0: No, it, it is lovely to have you on the podcast. So thank you so much for, for taking the time uh, t- to be with us. I wonder, for all of those people that, that haven't met you before, could you tell us tell us a little bit about what your role is at the moment?
1: Yes, so uh, I am CEO of a brand new tech startup called X-Ray. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, we're in the assisted space. Uh, so we're all about providing real-time subtitles across both apps and glasses and a whole bunch of different devices. Uh, but as you also mentioned, uh, it's not my first rodeo. Um, I spent nearly 20 years in the channel. Uh, so I set up another business called .NET Solutions answers on a postcard as to what that company did uh, back in (laughs) 2000. And so, again, casting your minds back, you might recall that Azure, when it first came out, was a .NET hosting platform. So, of course, uh, we were one of the very early adopters onto that platform. In fact, we built the very first app in the entire world on Windows Azure, as it was called back then. So that was my tiny little claim to fame. Um, spent 20 years building that business uh, and we became part of another group called New Signature and then New Signature was then acquired by Cognizant in the summer of 2020.
0: So uh, a variety of different roles. And, and that was, I think, where we first met uh, you know, .NET Solutions years and years ago. Of course, I got a Microsoft background. Um, and, and I think I don't mind sharing. I think you even interviewed me for a job um, li- literally ten, 10 or so years ago. I remember being in a coffee shop um, uh, somewhere near London Bridge in London. Um, and I remember you interviewing me for a role at .NET Solutions.
1: I do. I have a vague recollection of that conversation.
0: Yes, I wasn't the hiring one, just to be clear. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it's it's all good. It's all good. I think if I remember that rightly, I think I just had my second child at that point. And the idea of going into London every single day... Was, was something uh, that I, I don't think I could have got past my wife or probably me either. Um, so it was one of those things that would have been great in another time and place. But as it were, uh, you know, so, yeah, no, I remember. So that's, that's the first the first time we met. And and I think, you know, what's really interesting for me is, you know, you, you're there at the moment with C, CEO of what is, you know, and we'll dig into the product a bit in a minute, but a really exciting product. But you're very much from a tech background. Um, if I recall correctly, you know, you, you were there at the very early days of Azure and, and worked closely with Microsoft about helping shape the future of the product. Could you talk to us a little bit about the, the tech side of your background, a bit?
1: Yes, I mean I often describe myself as a recovering techie. Uh, so you know, I've been with computers since two eighty sixes. Uh yeah. You know, I started out dos would you believe many of your viewers might not or listeners might not even know what dos was but it was back in the olden days we had to type things into computers not click um, so I, I did a wrote a, an application which was included on a magazine cover disk when I was 12 because uh, I needed to learn my French homework and I wasn't very good at learning French homework so I wrote an app to teach me it and from that point onwards I then got hundred percent on each of my French tests um, <laughs> I um, did the whole school thing, sixth form. Uh, and then uh, I got to 18 and I thought, well, if my phone rings one more time with one person complaining that their hard drive has crashed or the windows won't start or something like that, I think I'm going to cry. So I I abandoned IT and uh, I went and did a law degree for my sins, would you believe. So I spent really? four years doing law. Um, and I actually wrote my dissertation. This was in what, 2001, 2002? The extent to which the internet would impact on legal practice. Okay. So I talked about these websites where you might be able to go and download contracts, or an ability for machines to be able to understand laws and to start, to, uh, you know, um, make determinations in cases, and all the stuff that fast forward twenty years is kind of obvious to us now. But yeah. twenty years ago, I was branded a heretic, and how very. Good <laughs> Might be able to do the work that we currently charge our clients £300, 400 pounds an hour for. How very dare you! Uh, so I was cast out of the profession, and uh, and that was the end of my very brief stint in the law. Uh, and then I went back to uh, IT and set up DotNet Solutions, as you said. Uh, but yes, I've I've always been very technical, and even today, still I can't help myself. Um, I have to code every now and again to uh, get it off my chest uh there is something just magic about coding uh but i try to avoid coding as much as possible for our users benefit Uh, and i start (laughs) my knitting which is powerpoints and investors and stuff like that
0: right brilliant and so what's what's fascinating to me there is obviously great tech background great tech skills also, there's that law side that's come through. You know that that four years must have infected you in in some kind of way. But then also, it feels quite commercial in that you you've you've not gone down the big corporate for a long time, or you know, working the big orgs. You've been quite entrepreneurial from from quite early in your career as well.
1: Well, I, I don't think anyone would employ me, um, so I have no choice <laughs> even to employ myself. Uh, but no, I. <laughs> <laughs> Never worked at a big corporate, it doesn't really appeal to me, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I'm all about getting things done, and uh, unfortunately, the more walls get put in my way, um, the, the bigger the problem. So, I like startups and actually getting things done.
0: Right, 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 right. Well, maybe that's a good way to segue into um x-ray so so for people that haven't heard of x-ray um could you tell us a little bit about what it is and what it does yep yeah, so i mean
1: the, the genesis behind this story was my granddad uh so like most 96 year olds he had lost almost all of his hearing uh, i live in canada now so i don't see him as much as i used to but i was back in the uk the christmas before last and went to visit him surrounded by his whole family but just unable to engage in the conversation he's got the most sophisticated hearing aids on the planet but still you get to a certain point and hearing aids can't help you anymore um and i'm not quite sure when i had this epiphany but obviously we've been doing loads of work around teams and obviously real-time subtitles on teams wasn't something particularly new at the time but what was new were these new augmented reality glasses that were coming out. And I kind of had this little epiphany of, well, hang on, why can't we just combine real-time subtitles with augmented reality? And that was the genesis of the idea. It wasn't any more complicated than that. Um, so we kind of researched and looked, and again, we can talk a bit later on about, you know, how do you benchmark your product ideas and how do you pick the right ones? But, I mean, whilst this one was still a candidate, um, you know, we did lots and lots of research, and there was no one really, Doing what we were proposing, uh, not in any kind of a serious way. Um, so we thought, well, if not them, then why not us? And so we started on our quest to create X ray glass. Um, so we work with a number of different augmented reality glass manufacturers. So we work with companies like. Rokid for instance so these are the Rokid glasses Uh, we also work with companies like uh, Rayneo so these are the Rayneo glasses and actually if I'm feeling particularly brave I don't know whether this will work or not but you should actually be able to see a mock-up of what yep. I am seeing in real time. And you can see here the kind of... Them.
0: Yeah. And so I'm now going to try and describe this for people that are listening on the po- on the podcast on audio only. You've now put these augmented reality glasses over the front of your camera. Um, and I can now see the subtitles <laughs> on the augmented reality glasses of me speaking you, right, so this is like blowing my mind a little bit at the moment. I'm not sure if I'm doing this justice, um, but but what I can see straight away is that is very accurate. The the subtitling is very accurate from what is coming through from my good Queen's English accent um, and uh, King's English, King's English Ooh, accent. Um, and uh, right, okay, so you've got this subtitling app working with. Um, when I say standard, I don't know if there's a standard yet, but industry available augmented glasses, they're I not your specific augmented reality glasses.
1: I wish they were a standard. Yes, but that is the case. And we're also seeing here real time translation. So I'm now translating everything in real time into Greek, or I can just flick a button now. And this is now going to translate everything across into Italian in real time for me. Um, so we've got up to 76 different languages that you can do real time transcription in and out of, um, You don't have to have the glasses. Um, You can also just use a phone. So, you know, this is now just transcribing on any normal Android or iPhone. So um, if people want to test it out and see how it works, you can just download the app and, and try and then upgrade effectively to augmented reality glasses at some point in the future if you want to.
0: Okay. And so, you know, straight away, you know, you see implications for those um with hearing loss you know so that's you know that that's but secondly i guess translation when you're in a foreign country and you don't speak the language or english is your second language for example and you're in london at a conference somebody speaking you can just have everything being translated into your native language uh, on the glasses in front of you
1: yeah i mean we're all about breaking down barriers to communication you know that might be a barrier yeah. in communication between someone who is hearing and someone who is deaf or it might be a yeah. barrier in communication between two people who don't speak speak. speak the same language um it's the same challenge but uh not the same challenge it's the same solution but you know different challenges
0: and and so where do you kind of hope x-ray you know what's on the horizon so you've just released the app and people could if they wanted to could to get could get the app use it on their phone or get it with some uh augmented reality glasses off of amazon you know and put the two together um and that's available now is it oh yes
1: yeah there's uh, three different glasses that we support which are available now Okay. Uh, so the Rokids, the Rainios and the X Reels yeah. all available on Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. And then what do you see kind of as the as the future? Where are you hoping to go with X Ray over the coming year or so?
1: I mean, there's there's so many directions we could go in. I mean, our biggest challenge as a business is um, avoiding shiny objects because there's shiny objects littered everywhere. And, right. you know, it's so tempting to go over and pick them up. Oh, that's nice. And uh, you just end up getting distracted. Um, but, you know, there's there's a few kind of main areas that we're, we're focused on. I mean, obviously, you just saw or heard the translation and transcription one of the other really exciting features that we have is the assistant. So the ability to be able to summarize conversations or to be able to ask questions of a particular conversation. You might have missed pieces of information or you might not have understood the subtext of the conversation or, yeah. you know, a whole bunch of other things. So this is now helping people move from hearing a conversation to understanding a conversation yeah. uh, and again that we think could be critical especially for those neurodiverse um, right. that you know perhaps struggle to understand information take information in at speed we think it could be helpful for them but for everyone um, you know I mean I've started using this app uh, because you know my memory is shot um, so an ability to be able to refer back to things that people said an ability to be able to ask questions um, it's an app that I'm finding more and more useful for myself so yeah. you know hopefully it's that lots of other people could find useful as well um, but one of the other really interesting things that we are about to announce um, so this is now officially embargoed until about next week or so that's fine, you will get it out before then, uh, is <laughs> our new X-Ray stream. Uh, okay. So one of the biggest challenges that we and our users and everybody face is, you know, it doesn't matter how good the transcription engine is. It doesn't matter how good your noise cancellation is. You know, there are certain harsh environments you're in where you still just can't hear what it is that you're trying to listen for. Let's take a, a public address system at a train station.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm a hearing person, and I have zero chance of hearing what they're saying. <laughs> um, now, imagine that I wasn't using the microphone on my phone. Imagine I could patch straight into the station's public address system. Okay. Imagine that you had a stream, a subtitle stream, that I could just connect to um, okay. or that which we now have with x-ray glass um or with x-ray stream connected to x-ray glass and um, so that's something we're super excited about and you know we're now going to be working with governments transportation providers theaters you name it to you know install x-ray glass mm-hmm. uh, because then anyone using the app or anyone using the glasses will be able to get crystal clear subtitle feeds and that's the first time this has ever been done before this kind of notion of broadcasting subtitles, which is quite cool.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Do you know what? I, I, I do love tech for good. I do love where we can use tech and it helps. It, it does good in the world. I do love it. And this sounds this sounds really interesting. So I'm really interested to see how this goes over the coming couple of years and uh, and keeping tabs. I wonder if we could change tack slightly. Um, for all the people that are listening um, – that are really interested in how you've gone from s- s- sitting there with your granddad at Christmas, going, "There's an idea here," to a viable. I'm I'm putting that in air quotes because I don't know if it's viable, but I'm assuming it's viable. You know, like a viable, you know, a viable business. Phys- <laughs> yeah, <fingers crossed>. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, a viable business with a uh, with you know a good set of products, a good roadmap, some real energy. Uh, doing good for uh, you know uh, and having impact for uh, for people in the world. How'd you go from sitting with, with with granddad through to that? I wonder if you could sort of and, and it's not your first rodeo, as you said. I wonder if you could share some sort of tips and advice for any budding tech founders on on how to get to where you are now.
1: I mean, the most important thing, of course, is picking the right idea. Um, okay, you know, this was one business that we were discussing, uh, but, you know, there was probably half a dozen other ones, uh, you know, doing various different things, and, you know, you got to be brutally honest with yourself you know when you hear an idea for something you get happy clappy ears and you know you speak to someone and they say something that's you know ever so slightly positive you're like oh my god this is it we found it this is the greatest idea in the history of the world uh you have to be honest with yourself and you know those little things that niggle at you and you're like mm, I'm not sure about that uh that will be what crushes that business so just be you it know, move on um you know you've got to get to a point where you're at least happy at a high level with the viability of this business and challenge it you know it's it's so much easier to challenge something that you've not invested in you know either mentally or financially uh, than it is when you're three or six months down the line and that little niggling doubt that you kind of put to the back of your mind rears up and kills your business um so that's that's the first thing is and, and so how get, do yeah. you
0: how do you practically do that how do you assess an idea for viability what, what are the sort of things that you do
1: um, competitive threat You know, is anybody else doing this? And the fact that they are is not necessarily a problem By the way, um, yeah. you know, some of the best businesses Are fast followers that, you know, just take What the pioneer does and do it better yeah. um, So you've got some the Competition, but obviously if there's a highly saturated Market, lots of players, you know You're going to have to come up with something quite dramatic To, um, to, to oust Them um, Scalability You know, how how easy is it to scale this business? And, you know, that scalability across a whole range of different factors, you know, that scalability from a technical perspective, uh, you know, from a cost perspective, from a customer perspective, from an industry perspective, I mean, just every dimension you could possibly imagine, you know, in what direction does this business scale? And, Mm -hmm. It depends what you want. You know, if you want a nice little lifestyle business, um, then you don't have to worry quite so much about that. But if you want to be a gazillionaire, um, then you do, because you have to find something that will linearly scale—not necessarily linearly—but keep going up at some rate of not uh, into some big giant business. So that's something that you have to consider. Um, I think you have to consider. The sales and marketability of it, you know, perhaps separate from that. Um, and again, without tooting our own horn too much, um, you know, accessibility as a general category, you know, is something that it's relatively easy to sell and market. Um, you know, it's a it's a clear demand. It helps a lot of people. You know, we've had. A tremendous amount of positive press for for everything that we're doing and you know we think part of the reason for that is because as you mentioned the underlying story behind this is tech for good it's about helping people it's about using technology for good and so you know anything in that space will obviously get a disproportionate amount of uh, attention and love from, from elsewhere and um, I think they're you know some of the most important ones. Um, you know, investability is, is a real big one. Uh, you know, especially if you want to go raise money for this and you know ultimately sell this company at some point. You know, investors will challenge you constantly on you know what's your IP, what's your differentiation, what's to stop somebody else just coming and doing this on and on and on. And on. Um, so you know that's something you've got to, to think about is you know how easy is it to build a moat around what you're doing and if you can't build a moat then it's trickier Anyway, sorry i've just rambled for a while no no no
0: no. really interesting um so so you've got these ideas and of all of those ideas loads of them have have already been culled (laughs) so you've now got this one that is that you're ready to run with um so did you then build this all yourself or did you get a team behind you how did you how did you then say right i've selected this now let's go how did you did you use a team and how did you assemble it
1: yeah i mean bringing the right team together is you know the second most important thing that you do um i mean, there's all kinds of different approaches there's all kinds of different people will tell you you know different things you know should you do it yourself should you have one co-founder should you have five co-founders um you know there's lots of studies done on this kind of thing but you know you, for me you know i think you've got to assemble at least a reasonably small team of people that are behind you and are committed to this idea because then you fuel each other and you know you bounce ideas off each other and you know get to the right outcome um so it's really 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 hard doing things by yourself so my strong recommendation would be to find you know at least couple of others maybe a couple more um, and make sure you find people with complementary skill sets like you know having three techies is not particularly helpful uh, you know you need sort of one techie one commercially savvy person um, you know one sales and marketing i mean again, you have to find the right mix depending on what idea it is you have and what company it is you want to create but that was kind of step two certainly for me was to assemble the team we were with seven founders so, uh, we went with, with more than you normally would. Uh, but you know, we just had a lot of bases that we needed to cover. So, uh, we went with that and yeah, that's step two, I guess, in, in this process is, is find your team.
0: Okay. Okay. And and I guess therefore that sort of starts and you, and you mentioned sort of the investment side before, but I guess that costs money. If it's, if it's not just you working in your evenings, but this is something that you're taking a bit more seriously, um, you need some way to finance all of those people spending their time. Um, Maybe if they're founders, it's a bit different to if you've employed somebody. I mean, any tips and tricks on, on how you, you, you get the money together to pull this off.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously I was in the very fortunate position where I sold my previous company. So, you know, I, I had some capital that I could put into this and, you know, that very first, Injection of cash is, of course, the highest risk cash. You know, I've basically got a PowerPoint at that point. And so it's quite difficult to value a PowerPoint at anything more than zero, quite frankly. Uh, again, lots of people will tell you, oh, it's this amazing idea and yadda yadda yadda. You know, I'll say, "Can care less. Like, you know, it was 1% idea to 99% execution. So having a great idea, having a pretty PowerPoint deck, unfortunately, is worth nothing um so that is the most difficult piece is you know that that first cash in you know getting you to something you can actually demonstrate because once you've got a product even if it's just a poc and mvp whatever it is then you can start to explain it to people and they go oh makes sense now whereas the powerpoint really really tricky so again as you think about your early founders you know maybe a founder who has money themselves or, you know, is connected to people with money or, you know, given that first couple of hundred thousand pounds, dollars, whatever in uh, is the most tricky part.
0: Right. Okay. Fascinating. So um, you've got an idea. Um, yeah. You've gone through and checked it's viable. You believe it is. You've got your team together, your team of founders. You've now got some money for, for, from somewhere. You're ready to go. How do you now start to take that and turn that into the thing?
1: So we engaged with a development company initially, which was kind of fun because I spent you know 20 years running a software development company. I've now got a software development company trying to sell services to me, uh, which was hilarious, quite frankly. Um, and this particular company did a fixed price thing. So... You know, literally, you just describe what it is you want, and they would fix price it back, uh, which is kind of a bit suicidal from my side, but hey, that was what they wanted to do. That's their business model. I'm not going to challenge it. Um, So, we got a fixed price quote to build the very first version of the app, uh, which they built, and that was basically what people saw last July um, so some of the very very early videos that you might have seen of people using this was used by or created by this development company um, we then started to obviously bring our own founders and, and team in and you know kind of bit by bit they, they took over and this other development company moved away um, but yeah we just started spending money on, on building code and just doing it uh, and then we just launched it to the world and said this is what we've created and yeah. kind of ran for, ran for cover uh, and it all went just blew up as, uh, as you know
0: yeah well do you, and, and that's really interesting because um so straight away you you've taken this idea and you've taken your then crown jewels and you've outsourced it to, to another company i guess that you have much less control of you know and straight away i go right ah ip issues what if they steal the ip what about quality? How are we defining the specs, particularly when it's a fixed price now? You're going, well, how well were those specs defined? Or are you going to get all these contractual arguments saying, no, that's not in the specs. Yes, it is in the specs. So so how did that go? That's really interesting to me.
1: Well, I mean, luckily they were a great partner and they didn't do any of those things. Uh, <laughs> right. They should have done, of course. Uh, but, you know, we were reasonable and decent with them. You know, we weren't like an idiot customer and they thought they weren't an idiot supplier. Uh, You know, the worst way to rile a supplier is to be a pain in the neck customer. So um, as long as you work well with them, you know, they will work well back with you. Um, But yes, of course, it's it's always a risk. Um, You know, if we'd wanted to do it a little bit slower and we hadn't have had the cash, um, then probably would have brought technical founders in earlier and, got them to to do it um so would we have done it differently in hindsight maybe i don't know but you know we were all just about speed 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 speed. because you know no one had released this thing you know the most important thing for us was to be first out putting our flagpole down saying you know we're the first company in the world that's built this this solution so for us it was all about speed
0: right okay okay so happy to spend a bit more cash happy to take that risk because the benefit it gave you was you were definitely gonna be first to market, you get to make those those first waves in this type of type of market.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Yep. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Now so i've just been you know i always like to jot down some notes yeah i love these conversations because i get to learn so much it's brilliant um so you sort of you've gone through the viability and we've talked about that we've talked about assembling the team we've talked at a high level about getting some investment the strategy then that you sort of went through for, for, for outsourcing anything else any other sort of tips and tricks that you would share with people
1: oh um that is a good question um I guess trust your gut. Okay. As in like there will always be little niggly things that niggle you right from the very beginning. And you just put them to the back of your mind and kinda forget about them. Like they always, always, always come back. So, you know, for us, one of our niggles, if you like, is, you know, how do we differentiate ourselves? You know, we've got a world class app, you know, working with loads of different transcription providers, we work with loads of different glasses, you know, it's of course, I'm somewhat biased, but I think it's an incredible solution. But, you know, what would be to stop someone rocking up with $10 million and a team of 20 from, you know, reproducing what we've done? I mean, that wouldn't. And, you know, that's that's a big risk for us. Um, and part of the reason why we quite like this stream approach is because that constructs a moat for us. We're not having to sell to customers anymore and convince them to take out a subscription to our app. We're selling to all of the places that person might go visit. And, you know, this is now an enterprise accessibility sale to a venue rather than an app sale to a consumer. It's a subtle difference. Um, so... Again, you have these epiphany moments every now and again, like, oh, why didn't I think of that before? And you know, don't don't uh, be nervous to jump on them it's not admitting you were wrong before it was just admitting that you put this niggle to the back of your head and you shouldn't have put it to the back of your head and you need to bring it back to the front of your head again and solve it because guess who also you know picks on scabs like that investors uh so you know any niggle you've got trust me they'll find it and they'll pick up that scab uh so just bring it on headlong
0: yeah awesome now um also, yeah, you know, another area that interests me a little bit is you've chosen to to launch a product in a tech for good type area. You know, helping people with hearing loss or or other accessibility challenges. There's other, it seems, other commercial applications as well. But that that's where that's where you've started, um, and and that's that's like a dream job for a lot of people. I think I was saying to you when we were chatting earlier. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, you know, that's an awesome job. If I could get private sector wages <laughs> for doing tech for good stuff, so I like get to work like in a charity, but I actually can, uh, you know, pay the mortgage as well, which is often a, a you know, a compromise that people have to think about. Um, people would love, yeah, you know, I think loads of people would love, you know, would, would love that. So, are there any particular, I guess, challenges with working in that space as opposed to working in the, the, the standard commercial space?
1: Um I mean I I agree, it's, it's what Gets me out of bed every single day. Uh, you know, as fun as it was doing what you and I used to do, moving servers to the cloud, um, you know, it's not necessarily the most noble cause in the world. Uh, we're not necessarily helping people's daily lives by, by moving their servers around. Um, whereas this, you know, actually, you know, the, the messages that we get, the videos that we get from people, the smiles that we see every time someone puts on this technology, um, you know, that really, really makes it worthwhile for us um you know some of the the challenges with this space um i mean it's a a very under-invested space in general you know accessibility um maybe that's because unfortunately you know a lot of people who are deaf for instance are on lower income brackets you know it's it's a sad fact, unfortunately, and so you know, is it as commercially attractive a market for for some companies? And obviously not, because you know there are very few companies that really choose accessibility as as a strategy. Uh, but and again, we're we're not doing it for the money necessarily. That might be a nice byproduct down the line, but um, yeah, this is really about helping people. So,
0: yeah, excellent, excellent. And it, it was interesting. I was watching. Um, and please correct me on the details here. There, I was watching uh, a video about uh, X-ray glass being used with a female rugby player. I want to say it was Exeter Chiefs, um, and and uh, she suffers from hearing loss. And it was just talking about how, you know, little things like she's really good at sight reading. uh, Sorry, uh, lip lip reading. I'm a bit of a musician. I've got sight reading in the brain for some reason. So she's really good at lip reading. Um, But then that takes all her brain power. And so when she was in team talks, she couldn't necessarily concentrate on what the coach was saying. But sticking this on just then suddenly means, well, I've got all the subtitles right in front of me. Now I can put my mental horsepower into thinking about what he's talking about as opposed to try and uh, see what he's saying. It was brilliant. To see. Yep,
1: yeah, well that was Jodie Ansley, otherwise known as Fury, the gladiator.
0: <laughs> She's a gladiator!
1: Or well, she wasn't when we first started working with her. Uh, she was just the captain of the Deaf England rugby team. Uh,
0: but now... Uh,
1: just a joke. That was a joke. Yeah, that was, that was inverted uh,
0: commas around the just for anybody that's just on the audio. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yes, she is, now, she is now a gladiator. So if you thought she was scary before, uh, then she's even more scary in her gladiator Um Kit, but it's born um, profoundly deaf. And you know, her, her parents worried for many, many years about you know what she would do and would she find something that she was good at and passionate about. And she discovered rugby and um, you know one of the most talented rugby players in the world. Um, so that was that was incredible to, to work with her. And as you said, you know, this ability to be able to take in information more easily. A lot of deaf people lip read. In fact, there are many, many deaf people that you don't even realise are deaf because they're so proficient at lip reading that you don't even realise. But, you know, reading lips is mentally very, very taxing. Um, You know, if you're doing it for more than an hour or two, it's tiring. Uh, Whereas reading subtitles is still a little bit more effort, but dramatically less effort than, than lip reading. So.
0: Fascinating, uh, re- really interesting. Um, well, do you know what? I'm glancing at the clock. I think our time our time has come to an end, uh, Dan. It's been absolutely brilliant. Um, the whole thing, you know, I find the area the, the space you're working in fascinating, and your approach and outlining how you go through your in your brain uh, starting a tech startup fascinating as well. So, whole conversation really, really enjoyed. Before we wrap up, I guess from a a key takeaways perspective, um, anything that you'd like to to share as key takeaways with with people that have been listening? I think
1: it's all about, again, my my theme of today is, you know, being honest with yourself. And I think that's probably the most important part of this. You know, if you are looking at doing something like this, you know, be honest with yourself. Um, You know, don't just hear happy thoughts uh you know be be honest and if there is a problem with the business or this idea or whatever it is don't be afraid to just discard it and move on you know you will have more ideas trust me uh, and you don't the worst possible thing in the world for a budding entrepreneur is to you know come up with an idea that's 95 percent good put their entire life and passion and soul into it and it, it doesn't work and the reason it doesn't work is for something they knew on day one they just kind of put it to the back of the mind um, so yeah be honest and it is, it's hard work again like it's it appears very glamorous when you kind of do calls like this and we're all you know chatting about how wonderful it is you know you didn't see that I was up till half one this morning because we're trying to get billed out for a big event on Friday and it's it is mentally and physically and emotionally exhausting setting up a company so be careful what you wish for but <laughs> It
0: can also be a reward, so <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant. Uh thank you for sharing that. I think yeah, for for me, uh yeah, key things that have have come out to be. Firstly, I hadn't really clocked the gladiators is coming back. So gladiators is coming. That is like my childhood Saturday nights. I knew it, so that's me. the first thing. Me. Gladiators <sighs> is coming back, and and I know who Fury is. So so that is the first key takeaway. I'm gonna take my kids on that gladiator journey. Um, and and then I I just love the way that you were just talking through how you take an idea and you've got to work out how viable it is and then you've got to think about who your team's going to be and then you've got to think about how you're going to get your money then you've got to think about how you're going to build it um and and you just got to prioritize is it speed that you need or is it cost that you're trying to reduce or is it quality I guess you've got the old fashioned project management thing of quality speed and time and you can have two but not three so uh, sorry quality speed and uh, money isn't it quality speed of money and you can have two but you, you can't have you can't have three
1: with a reduction in money so <laughs> as long as you have money then you can have all three all
0: right. <laughs> um so so absolutely brilliant so so thank you for going through and sharing all of that stuff Re- really interesting now if people want to get hold of you um where can people find you in internet land
1: uh, if you just go to our website it's the best place to start which is X-R-A-I extended reality artificial intelligence dot glass
0: okay so like X-Ray but not X-Ray X-Ray spelt with an A-I for anybody that's listening so X-R-A-I and it's dot glass your website isn't it yeah Yeah. brilliant and they can go and find all about the product see some augmented reality glasses there as well and find a little bit about, about you as a company
1: and download the app for free and try it out
0: brilliant Brilliant. Well, I want to say thank you so much, Dan. It has been absolutely wonderful to to speak to you. So good luck with everything. I hope it goes well. and, And thanks for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. So there we have it. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast and rate the show. It really helps spread the word. And check out our technical storytelling program to help build your influencing and leadership skills.